Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hello everyone and welcome to Oh What A Night, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. You join us all sitting here aglow with the joys of spring. A Spurs have just smashed Burnley 4-0. We're sitting here on Monday 1st of March, all feeling a lot more optimistic. On the show today, Hunter Godson, Jude Summerfield, Shawnee Walsh, Dan Kilpatrick from the Evening Standard. Hello everyone, everyone all right? Yeah, all right mate, how are you? brilliant yeah. like, I came away yesterday from the stadium feeling properly light Boint. and I'm yeah I'm assuming <laughs> everyone else kind of felt that like I just felt really good about watching Tottenham it's such a nice feeling I can't say I felt light yesterday but that might have been because I had eight Negronis and about seven beers the night before because it was my birthday <laughs> so I felt less than light I felt particularly <laughs> heavy, in fact. Uh, we were buoyant on your behalf. <laughs> but yeah, no, the performance, I was sort of very hungover, what, sitting there going, please don't. Please, I'm feeling pretty terrible as is. Let's not, let's not turn the knife here. Yeah, no one uh, ruined this for me. And Sonny, Sonny and Bale really came through after about a minute, so that was lovely. That was such a lovely start, wasn't it? Shawnee, you were at the game as well? Yeah. We and, just, and wait, 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 wait a sec. Oh, we're come on, just let do Hunt- your disclaimer. Do your disclaimer. I wasn't going to do the disclaimer. I was going to do something before the disclaimer. We're just going to let Hunter get away with the just the eight points for me last night bit there. Just the eight points last night. Not. <laughs> Feeling good. Ne- Not. That's a quiet <laughs> night at the, uh, at the library. <laughs> he says, do I drink? Yeah, yeah now for the actual disclaimer. Uh, tell him, tell him, <laughs> tell him that I drink, Hainsey. Tell him. No, no, he does. Yeah, yeah. Shawnee, um, <laughs> now you, for your disclaimer, and, and like we we need to almost recognise that you do turn up when it's good as well. Yeah, you said on the last pod that I was listening to. You know, Sean, he's always ducking <laughs> when we play well. You know, he's not not really a big game player. Well, here I am. You know. I'm nice. here. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy about Acts against the world and he's fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a bit, it's a bit Kevin Keegan, this. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I do like it when Spurs perform well. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was great. Like, I nearly missed the first goal because I'd like my head down just double checking the team sheet for some of the players that Burnley had. Turn back up, Sonny scuffed across. And Bell scuffed his finish. It was a really kind of oh, yeah. negative. <laughs> negative. Can't <laughs> give Jose a, a can't get give him an inch, can you? <laughs> it was a good. It was a good move. I think he, he was trying and to find. You don't need to know the Burnley right? players. No one. Yeah. No one looked at them. It's his fine. name's Vidra, mate. He's Vid. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard of spelling. God's yeah. sake. No, it was good, but it was like it was like back at the early start of the season where we tended to start well in games, and we used to particularly before the kind of West Ham collapse as well, where we would just swarm these teams into 
just hopefully getting two or three. And it was nice that we, that we got one yesterday and we didn't sit back. If anything, we looked a little bit kind of, not naive, but you could see there were kind of gaps appearing, but not enough to really kind of worry us. But it was the kind of trade-off of, okay, if we're going to play expensive, we're going to really take the game to Burnley. This is this is the kind of risk that we run, but it was a risk well taken because, well, we won 4-0, I guess. <laughs> but also, like, narrative-wise, it was just kind of perfect, wasn't it? It was beautiful. I think the only thing that was probably missing was Daly coming off the bench and getting a goal, but he was good when he came on as well. So it was. it was it was beautiful, everything about just Bale, like... I'm sure we'll come on to it in a, in a bit, but I think one of the underrated bits about Bale was it was around 25 minutes into the game and he's he's got the ball it's in the right back position and he's knocked it past Charlie Taylor and he's absolutely skinned him. Yeah, <laughs> It was like, oh, the old Bale's back. It's just it, those moments, wasn't it? Just those, those glimpses that, it, that you, you remember, you see see the old Bale and then you saw the new Bale. I thought it was the total performance from Gareth Bale, mm. actually. The, the, as, as well as being a phenomenal player on the ball, he makes the pitch really big with his passing. He was really spraying it. And that's it, obviously, the, the assist for the Kane goal was incredible. But there was a lot of times where he's sort of getting onto his left and pushing the ball across. And him, Kane and Alderweireld were doing a really good job at making the pitch feel really big for Burnley. They were chasing chasing the ball a lot of the time. And they were creating space by switching it back and forth. Alderweireld, I mean, defensively had a fantastic game. But then also... <laughs> It's so invaluable to to how we play that crossfield pass and the fact that he can do it perfectly every time is is also you know a rare a rare trait and something that you really notice when you're watching any of our other centre backs basically. Um, Eric Dyer, I think, would like to think he has that, but he doesn't, unfortunately. It's, it's interesting because we've talked a few times about the new bail, you know, because Jose keeps saying he's not the same player. He's completely new. We've kind of wondered whether that would be him as a poacher or maybe him as this kind of deep-lying playmaker or maybe whether he could get back to sort of mic-oning people and, and going, you know, going past his man. And yesterday there was a kind of bit of all three, which was nice. So you kind of remembered that a truly great, like, Bale, it has a bit of all that in his locker. Um, and that was the great thing. You know, it wasn't just that... He showed that intelligence to to get on the end of Son's cross. So it wasn't just that he skinned Charlie Taylor or set up Kane. It was that he did it all in in one match. So that was really encouraging for me. Right. Apologies for the small break in proceedings, but we just wanted to give you a quick message from our new sponsor. That's right. We're a branded podcast now. So support for What A Night is brought to you by Manscaped who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, so come along and join the fun. We have an exclusive offer for listeners of Oh What A Night, 20% off, plus free shipping with the code 90min20. So get involved, get 20% off, and don't use the same trimmer that you use on your face as you use on your crown jewels. Now, I'm... Let's formally open the floodgates, Jude. What, what what else did you like about Gareth Bale's performance? Oh, um, the, maybe the pass to Kane. If we haven't picked that up yet, um, I always thought of Burnley as this really rigid and shithousey team. And I, I watched the highlights <laughs> back this morning. I mean, they obviously still are. That's not going to change at any point. But um, 
I watched the highlights back this morning and Bale was like on the edge of his box and he had that much time to ping a ball over to Kane. Mm. And it was, it was that, that was like deep lying playmaker stuff and um, absolutely glorious. And that's when Spurs are brilliant when they're wearing their attack. And it's like, it's like basketball. I know Sean knows a lot about basketball um, when they just play like three passes across the court and suddenly they're in Duncan and stuff like that. And Spurs seem to do that when they score do quite we- a lot. I wondered whether, like, I made a point about this in the pod last week, I think, about Bale's, um, just the way he was carrying himself mm. and his body language and the way he sort of just looked the part again and looked very, very confident in his own body. Did you guys see that this week? Even just stuff like off the ball, for example, just little things that make you think, wow, that there's a guy who's suddenly got a bit of, a bit of ego there again, you know, a bit of pride in his own kind of, stature. Yeah, Pierre Brooks done a good piece for The Athletic today where he, he describes Bale as looking powerful, mm. which I think is, is a good way of just kind of summing it up. Just kind of watching him live, it just everything he did looked very short. Um, his, he looked strong, he looked fit, like his, his touch looked good. He just looked completely different to that kind of shadow of a player we saw against Brighton mm. um, and at times in the, the early Europa League games. Um, he looked kind of head and shoulders above a lot of the people he was on the pitch with, which is, as Jack said in his piece, is often the way you kind of Harry Kane looks, uh, you know, when he's really in the stride, he just looks sort of bigger and stronger and better than everyone. And I felt like that you really felt that from Bale yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there was just this kind of aura around him um, that, that we just haven't seen, um, even kind of in the last few games this week. And it was... It was, I guess, it was just confidence and, and fitness, and, and confidence in his fitness. Yes, that's that's a big point. That I was going to say when 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 players start to feel like their legs can take the running, and they're not constantly worried about, oh, if I do this sprint, what if I do this? What if this happens? When they become more confident in their own legs, you often see things like this happen. And there was a there was a moment where about I don't know, when do you get dragged. When do you get taken off? Sixty-one, but he he sort of asked. Yeah, well, there was a moment at fifty. 50 oh, was odd. it seventy? Was it seventy? Yeah, seventy, or seventy. Seventy. Was sorry, 70, yeah. I thought right. it was now, but he well, did get asked by Jojo yeah. when do you want to come off. Well, he looked. He he tracked a runner all the way. Him and Ndombele, and I was like, that, that's someone who he wouldn't have done that even a couple of months ago. You know, we saw him just letting players sort of move past him, um, and yeah, it's just it's it's really. It's great to watch. It's great to see, and the confidence in in the strikes that he he had, as as Dan said, they're just they're the the quality of a player above a player who knows their left foot, <laughs> like the, you know, more than anyone. And he was so good. The 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 finish where it came where he took it onto his left, there was only you know it was only ever going to end up in the in the bottom corner basically. And yeah, it's great. To, it's great to see that, that first touch as well. Just like mm. perfectly weighted, and then just to stride onto it. I mean, that was almost like underrated for me. Just the way he just knocked it out of his body and then stepped onto it. It was such a good goal, and um, yeah, pretty kind of similar to his what his two against Wolfsburger. It was like the Wolfsburger second one, um, or was it the first? I can't remember the one where he kind of emphatically hit it. And it's like he's taking it up a level in that, okay, the touch is coming into you. It's outside the box this time rather than inside necessarily. And you've got a defender coming towards you. And so he just just knocked it back. And it's like he, because he had to, 
hit it well with enough curve to get it around another defender. Like that was a really hard angle. Like there's a lot of times we could be sitting here and thinking about, oh, that was a good bell chance, but it was blocked. But mm. it was almost like the, it was similar to how Kane strikes the ball. Like it just finding the inside of the net just so perfectly. It had to be the perfect hit, and it was. And Pope was having a good game. That's the other thing, right? I mean, Pope Pope is a a good keeper. I think Spurs have their eye on. And quietly, outside of the goals, unfortunately, he made three or four absolutely brilliant saves, including the one where Harry Kane whipped it and it moved massively in the last sort of three or four metres. It dipped the other way and he just whapped it out with a hand. I mean, so you really, yeah, you're right, Sean. He really did have to put it into the corner um, and and he did exactly that, basically. I want to give a shout out to the ball from... Bale for Kane's goal is, is unbelievable but Harry Kane's first touch to put it exactly where he wants to then hit it is I I, I was watching the highlights yesterday and I was like I've sort, I've sort of just become used to this thing from Kane but it's so perfect in terms of laying himself up for the shot that that I was just like god we, we really are spoiled if these if they can keep playing like this I don't mind watching this for the rest of the season at all Oh my god, hundred percent. I think we should also in the in the good section. I mean, we talked about the lightning quick start. We've talked about how the first half was great just in general, but because Bale's played so well, I think we might not not necessarily Spurs fans, but I think the wider football community probably don't realise how amazing it is that Endon Bele played in the two with Hoybier and was phenomenal, did his work going back and forward and allowed Spurs to play with a, a four, basically. Because Lucas works hard, but I mean, he's not. It's not the same as having a three-man midfield of Endombele, Hoybier, Sissoko, for example. So it was a real treat getting to watch those two together, providing the platform, wasn't it, Jude? Everything was just so much slicker, um, or it is now with Endombele as part of the two, and he has got the legs up now. Um, and whereas before we were sort of looking to Tottenham's attack with Endombele as like. Number ten and being like, I mean, we all fanboyed him over like every week just to be just being like, oh my god, an incredible bit of dribbling, like the smidge of attacking class. It's amazing. But now he's um, every, we, we can just get the ball and move so much quicker and attack. And if like uh, if if Lucas just continues to play without thinking about what he's doing and it's just a lot more instinctive, then that helps Sod and Bale when they've got so much more space. Um, and he's sticking in tackles as well. And Dombella, he was he yeah, but like importantly quietly brilliant rather than you know sort of steal the show he let that to our attacking players so any is there any desperately important ones that i've missed in the good that we want to get through very aware that we could go on here for another half an hour i do I mean, think devin sanchez deserves a, a shout out for, for a really good performance i gave him a nine in my players rate player ratings did you you're not in the keep, are you? Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's my joke. Sean's already made that gag. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting, and I'm quite close to blocking him on Twitter. <laughs> did you actually, Sean? Yeah. Did, you, did you go for yeah. it publicly as well? Yeah, he went. He went. I gave someone a ten. I was like, all right. Mm. Did you give? Did you give Bale a ten? I gave Bale a ten. Yeah, I gave Bale. I'll, I'll give Bale a fifteen if I could. Do you know what I mean? I don't think there's no what more could he have that. done. <laughs> uh, there are I, I hate player ratings. Um, <laughs> unless you're reading them, in which case I really enjoy them and keep reading. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought Sanchez was good. Like he he kind of in the first seconds sort of before Bale's goal, he 
sort of got closed down by an attacker and it looked very shaky and I thought, oh, here we go again. Um, but there was a moment where he, he kind of, it wasn't a particularly great piece of defending, but it was effective where he kind of slid in and, and put off Rodriguez as he was about to pull the trigger. And I, I feel like maybe that that gave him confidence and he just kept seeming to get to get above Burnley's forwards, which is kind of no mean feat, although they, they obviously weren't playing um, Wood. They were, they were playing Vidro, who's, who's not as strong in the air. But um, I thought... Yeah, I thought he had a good game, yeah, and I, I think he deserves credit for that. It was it was probably no coincidence that he was next to Alderweireld um, as well, but that was an encouraging kind of potential turning point. I thought it was sort of that was sort of the best of Devinson Sanchez, wasn't it? It was all action, Devinson Sanchez. Lots mm. of lots of sort of individual battles. He didn't have to spend particularly long on the ball, and when he did get the ball, he often shifted it to Alderweireld quite quickly, and he obviously feels comfortable with giving it to Aurier as well now. So that's I think that. I think we're we're all aware that the best Devonson Sanchez isn't one who's having to deal with lots of crosses under loads of pressure. But when those moments come along where it's a one-on-one defensive situation, he is still good. Um, and when he doesn't have to be doing loads of distribution himself, he's still good because his passing from the back is pretty dreadful, his long passing. Um, so I think the way Spurs played really helped him yesterday. And as you said, Alderweireld is, is, I sort of said it during the game, he seems head and shoulders still our best defender. Uh, and 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 you know that's not surprising to be honest. We knew that before the season started, and nothing's changed. He's such a better passer, isn't he, than anyone else? I mean, just literally the 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 ping to find Son fairly early on when he just weighted it so well. I mean, there was so much to enjoy in passing yesterday. So um, I won't just single out individuals, but that was a very very good pass. Let's move on to the bad bits. Um, there wasn't many, and in fact, we're going to give the bad this week. To Burnley, who were pretty poor. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you know. Sometimes at the beginning of the, the season, I find that Burnley get caught in between these two sort of rock and a hard place almost because they're they're limited in like the skill of lots of the players is better suited to sitting back and defending. But you know, every now and then someone will go, "Oh, Burnley should be doing better than they actually are," and they they sort of try and play slightly more progressive. And what they tend to do is get six or seven games into the season and go, "Well, that hasn't worked at all." So it's four four two get back in shape, get back where you are. And yesterday, we seemed to get a Burnley who seemed to be slightly more progressive, you know, in that they weren't playing Wood and Barnes. It was Jay Rodriguez and Vidra. So they were trying to sort of play a bit further up the pitch. And it just, it, it was all over the place for them. And then it, they were leaving big gaps in behind, which is not a good idea against this Tottenham side, especially with the talent we had on the pitch yesterday. Um, and then, you know... That's not to take away from, I think Jose got it absolutely spot on. And I think someone else said it, I can't remember which journalist said it, but it does seem like Jose Mourinho absolutely has Sean Dyche's number in that he's done him quite a few times in the last few seasons. Um, but yeah, Burnley, stick stick to 4-4-2, lads. Put it on the big man. Barnsley and Woodsy. Well, this, is, this is what's interesting, right, is that... I think Chris Wood was he was returning from an injury, so he couldn't give him more than what what he gave him fifteen minutes or so. Yeah. But when he did come on, changed the complexion of the game, didn't it? Just allowing him to physically bully a couple of our our defenders and them to go a lot more direct. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like not we've got away with one. It just really it just was perfectly set up for us to play that front four yesterday. Yeah, when Devinson said. It, 
Damson Sanchez versus Chris Wood versus Ashley Barnes has has gone one way in previous seasons. We've seen we've seen him lose those battles, and I think Dwight McNeil really thrives when he has someone to put the ball into the box. Uh, like, he's a great crosser. The boy likes beating his man and putting in a. He's a brilliant player. I, I really like McNeil. I think I think he's got quite a bright future. But um, it just felt like uh, two or three different styles trying to come together for Burnley in a moment, and it just didn't work for him. Let me just chuck another one out into the mix. Um, did anyone else feel yesterday that even though we scored four brilliant goals, we were a little bit wasteful? I think that's. I think that you could, you could spin that into a positive thing in that the, we've been so long without a game like that where we have been wasteful. Where it's like it's nice to be wasteful, and we still scored four goals. Like because I guess the, the kind of caveats the point of Burnley were bad as well. Like we have to make them look bad still. You have to show up. But we just, how many times are we going to sit here? There's just so much obvious quality in the squad. And if Bale, if that Bale is the one that's going to be appearing more often than not, then that's that's like the third star that we need in our attack to really kind of propel us forward and make something of this season. And if there's like, if we if we get through Fulham and Palace and we're a little bit wasteful, we still have enough quality, which we should have, to put three or four past them, then that's a good thing. That's just testament to how good we can be like that is we keep saying that that was the blueprint yesterday everyone played well not a single bad performance not one and you've got to say Regulon when you see what Ben Davis has offered over the last sort of six or seven games and you go god that that wasn't very good and then you see Regulon come back in and just perform I mean that was a very standard performance for him uh, it's it's miles apart. I, I I'm very grateful for what David has, Davis has brought to the Spurs team. I think he's been a fantastic backup, but now he's not good enough to be our first choice, and so maybe he's not good enough to be the backup anymore. And so I think in the summer we should be looking at trying to trying to sort of maybe it'll be Sessegnon. You know, he's having he's he's having an alright. Keep season, the Welsh mafia so. together. <laughs> well, if it, if it means keeping everyone happy, I guess keep them there. But honestly, the the step up in quality of Regulon is is the, the, probably the biggest disparity in that Spurs squad. I suppose there might be an, an option there in terms of him being a part of a back three when we need it, um, and like being able to open out onto his left foot if Regulon played as a wing back. I think we employed that against Fulham. Am I right with Regulon much further up the pitch? Oh, I, um, I was or, there and I can't it, remember. In another game, but, but Davis played so, as, yeah. as a, a left right. centre-back. Centre and it definitely did offer something. And you still got the best of Ben Davis's kind of like defensive capability and the fact that he can open out down the line. Mm. Problem is, Regulon is just such a good crosser of the ball and he's got so much pace mm. that it's not even really... It doesn't, it's not even a competition there, you know? Well, they're not really comparable, especially, are they? Just in, in their styles of play, is like chalk and cheese. Davis is sort of like your old-school left-back who... Despite, you know, he, he he's a willing runner, but he's just not particularly quick. And his crossing is often over hit. Uh, it has to be said. I mean, the amount of balls that go beyond the far post. Whereas Regulon is one of the quickest fullbacks, probably, you know, in world football. He's ridiculously quick. And then also his delivery is pinpoint brilliant. Um, I, I, I mean, watching that defence yesterday... And in comparison to a couple of defences we've seen recently, it just seems so much more composed and there's a confidence within them. Um, I mean, that's probably our, our first our first choice defence now. But it is worrying that as soon as one of them sort of drops out, you're all of a sudden you're like, oof. 
Hang on. Doesn't look great. Yeah. <laughs> what Tanganga's was, playing was, right back again, is he? It, it was indicative of the players that weren't playing how good we were. Like it didn't put them in a good light. But exciting that we got Deli Alley on the bench and you've got yeah, Lacelso yeah. to come back. And you know, I, I loved Lacelso. I'm, I'm I have to say, I think I think there's a real player there. And it uh, and I know a few Spurs fans have become a bit disenfranchised with him, let's say. Um, but I think he's one really worth persevering with, especially like if you've watched him in those last couple of years in Spain, he oh. he was turning it up. Um, and I, I, we haven't seen we before lockdown last year. He was our best player, and then he had a bit well, of a bit of a uh, weird and, one, didn't he? And when he got back up to speed in mm. the restart, he was comfortably our best player. Mm. You know, he, he he was the one everyone was talking about as kind of like, oh, watch him next season. And then he got the injuries, and it's just kind of slowed him down a bit yeah. um l- let's let's shoot onto the ugly and i want it to be known that i have not considered this ugly and i'm not naming names as to who <laughs> thinks that it was but lucas is joining in the welsh mafia celebration <laughs> watching gareth bale's interview afterwards he said like he got a bit jealous that we were doing the welsh mafia thing so he just decided to put an L for Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, have you, seen, have you seen that video of the kids? They're all doing dancing and they're all like dabbing and stuff. And then it gets to the, the one kid and he just doesn't know what to do. And he just sort of does that with his head. Like, sort of <laughs> yeah. throws his hands in That's what it felt like. Like really like everyone doing a little thing. And then Lucas just came in with like a, here's an L. Fat L. Is it, it reminded me of on the US office where I think Dwight's like dancing or something. And I think... I can't remember the woman's name, Angela or something. And she comes over to him and taps him on the shoulder. He's like, fuck! He's <laughs> <laughs> just so shocked. It, it just was it, like, it, I. the reason why I really, really liked it is because it just showed Gareth Bell. There's a video doing the rounds today on social of Gareth Bell just sort of mugging Lucas off, but in a really, really playful, nice way. And it was just mm. another reason yesterday to think that he was just loving every second of it. Just yeah. absolutely lapping it up. No, I think he was enjoying it, you know, and he he made a comment after the game. I couldn't tell if it was pointed or just more a general comment saying, I came here to play with Kane and Son. Um, and I was like, OK, Ooh, so, tasty. you know, yeah, yeah. But it was mm. like, I didn't come to sort of sit in the Europa League group stages or the League Cup <laughs> again or the FA Cup against whoever, you know, I came here to play in, in, in the Premier League with the big boys. And we well, meant it was a dig at Lucas for a minute. Well, <laughs> maybe it was a second. Maybe it was. An... <laughs> maybe it was. Um, but yeah, the the first look that Bell gives Lucas when he first charges in, if looks could kill, my goodness, <laughs> it was properly disgust. Like, what are you doing here? Take your L and get out. Oh my God, just listen. It's so much more fun when Spurs win, isn't it? It's just so it's, much the nicer. manner as well because we've we've had games against West Brom where we won one 0 and and uh, I can't remember who the other one was you know Burnley. a few months ago it was Burnley it was Burnley, yeah. it was Burnley wasn't it and it was horrible it was like it was you know it was nice to grind out a win there's no but we said afterwards it's it's all or nothing and when the wins aren't there it, it becomes what was it that comment that did incredibly well in the athletic because like when winning's all that matters as soon as you start losing or drawing then nothing matters. Um, and those those wins were just like scraping past and we're better than that and as we've shown we've got the attacking talent that shows we're much better than that well, I think that that's that, that's the sort of thing about yesterday not to put a downer on it but the whole performance including Bale's performance just felt a bit tinged with frustration I think because you're like why you know this is what we've been saying all along you know I appreciate that it's a lot easier when you score after 67 seconds 
particularly against Burnley when their game plan goes out the window. But, you know, that happened against Wolves as well. It scored within a minute. And it wasn't like that. You know, it just it made the apparent attempts to kind of eke out all the sort of one nils that didn't work just all the more frustrating. And, and also, that I guess there was an element of frustration that, you know, the, over the way Bale's been used, you know. But I think that's that's a really difficult question to answer. You know, should Mourinho have played him more or, or actually has Mourinho handled him reasonably well um, and, and kind of you know, got to a point where he can finally get the best out of him by by being cautious? And um, I think Mourinho is, is the type of manager that demands, um, you know, that that debate almost. I think if it was someone else, it perhaps wouldn't be there. But it's it's like an inevitable question that that we've got to think about. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point actually, because he was asked in his post match press conference, wasn't he? He said, "Did you handle this perfectly?" And he said, "I'm not the sort of guy to say that I handled <laughs> to say that yeah. I wow. handled it perfectly <laughs> with a straight face." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could I have handled it better? <laughs> It's not up to me to say. <laughs> but you wouldn't have thought so. I, there's probably no way that anyone in the world would handle that. But I would have, I mean, I'll let other people talk about that. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, so one thing, getting on to the beautiful bits, actually, just before we do, I'm going to shove Roykin in here in the ugly because I don't, I know a couple of you were at the game, but Roy Keane had a, a right ding dong with Jamie Redknapp, who was pitch side about two minutes, three minutes before kickoff. Um, pretty much saying that Spurs' squad outside of Kane and Son was was pretty crap, basically. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was that to me. I understand that that conversation is conversation. You got to get the discourse going. But if you're looking at our squad, that's just so inaccurate, isn't it? He needs to remember we dropped six on his boys back in October. There's clearly quality <laughs> in this squad. That just yeah. that smelt of an opinion that that of someone who just had said something, didn't really believe in it, but felt like they were just gonna die on this hill, basically. <laughs> yeah. he was, he was like, Fuck it, let's go with this today. Yeah, it was like I yeah. woke up and chose violence. Because he was saying that people play who play for their international teams aren't good players, and it was like oh, come on. That's a you know he's a character written for TV, so you can't take anything he says seriously. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, exactly, people were get, exactly. people were getting riled up about it, and I was just sort of like, you know what Roy Keane is about, and you know that obviously he would say these things. No, don't worry about it. I think yeah, Jude's got it spot on. I wouldn't I wouldn't take what he's saying too seriously because he probably doesn't believe ninety ninety. So it's, it's a bit like it yeah, was delicious. Do me a favor. It? it was. It was good. That, I, I like the Jamie... first minute goal. Like. Jerry Redknapp seemed genuinely fuming, though. That was that was the, <laughs> <So> <laughs> that was the most enjoyable thing. He seemed genuinely like no, flustered. No. Imagine Jimmy, if Jermaine Genus had been there, mate. Player. Jermaine Genus would have run up to the studio and decked him. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely brilliant. Uh, let's go on to the beautiful now. Did anyone see the moment in the first half where Gareth Bell got a, a sort of niggle on his ankle? He went to block the ball. And he kind of clearly hadn't tensed up his, his leg and just twisted his ankle a bit, blocking the ball. Um, immediately, Deli Ali, Vinicius, Lamella jumped up from the from the dugout and they were straight down to warm up. <laughs> and I wondered whether anyone else kind of saw that that look that Bale kind of semi-shot over to the sideline and was like, 
don't show weakness, don't show weakness, don't show weakness. <laughs> and he wouldn't let the trainer, like, didn't let the trainer come on, tried to just run it off. Mm. Did anyone else pick up on that? And I mean, how nice is it for us as Spurs fans to see immediately people are desperate to get on the pitch? Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, they were sort of talking about it on commentary quite a lot, to be honest. They, they thought he'd pulled something, but it didn't look like he'd pulled something at any point. But yeah, I, I, saw, I saw the people coming off the bench uh, I, I saw that Bell very clearly didn't want to come off. He was clearly feeling it. And But yeah, I think your point of people wanting to play, it's great. Especially players like Deli Ali, who, you know, you never know how, how you know, the, the persona that he has been perceived to have is one of disinterest at Spurs, rightly or wrongly. And I think it's wrongly most of the time. Um, and, and I think he really wants to play for the club. I think he, you know, I think he, he he's proven that in his recent performances that he he really wants to be there, and it's it's just great to see. I think Vinicius as well, you know, quietly going about having a fantastic Europa League campaign, if not if not a, but he's the perfect backup to Harry Kane because he can just sit there, and you are going to sit there as long as Harry Kane's fit, right? But he still wants to come on and make a difference. He still wants to come on and play, and you know. I think modern footballers get accused of just wanting to pick up a paycheck, but you know most of them do want to play football, and uh, it's good to see. It's definitely yeah, good to I see. Did, I didn't see it, Hainsey, but the way you described it seemed very much like sideshow Bob and his brother Cecil fighting for the top bunker while they're in jail. <laughs> um, but I think I'm just right. I think all Delhi Ali wants to do is just play football and play Fortnite and wear cool clothes and stuff. I don't think he cares about anything else i think it's not much to ask get... for is it yeah he just wants to get he just wants to get on with it you know you know and i think lamella would play 100 million hours of football a week if his body allowed him to but mainly your shits into one but <laughs> sean, sean i've got a question for you would you cash in on lamella this summer or would you keep keep playing him with with people like lacelso in the squad and with deli alley in the squad do you oh, think he, do you think he offers something <laughs> i know i know he's like your love child that's why i'm asking <laughs> Dan and Sean both just did the Arthur emoji. Or would like you cash Arthur in did. before it's... <laughs> it just went super clenched. Would you cash in before it's too late, basically? Too late for I think... <laughs> Hunter, we're like two years out from a testimonial, you know? We've got to keep going. Yeah, well, my, my beautiful boy, Moussa Dembele, didn't get one, so your boy can get in the bin as well. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm just, I'm just thinking, it feels like more and more, uh, you know... We're going to have to fit all these guys in and keep them all happy at some point. And at the same time, we're going to need to really get some better defenders in, in short. Um, so is it worth cashing? I think Lamella's one who is constantly on the precipice of should he stay, should he go, should Spurs cash in? Does he offer enough? Those sort of questions. And so I'm just, you know, I'm just asking you. I think the caveat to that is, out. I think the caveat to that is both Lamella and Lacelso are so injury prone that you only have a maximum of one of them fit at any given time and you need that kind of profile in the squad so it's handy having them both about. Very, yeah. very efficiently swatted yeah. down. Jesus Christ, you've really got a politician down. in the house. Re- that's, really, that's really annoying because we haven't seen a lot of LaCelso recently. Like, it's yeah. a, it, It'd be a really useful player to have in these situations. Yeah, very true. Okay, look, we've got a couple of minutes left before we need to bounce. Um, so I just want to get people's opinions on the next couple of games. Um, it's crucial, isn't it? For all of us who want to get a bit optimistic and a bit sort of doughy-eyed, that we win these next two, um, and hopefully win them, win them well. Uh, Fulham on Thursday, and then Palace on Sunday. Well, yeah. the, the the Fulham game, the Fulham game 
a few weeks, well, a few months ago now, was uh, one of those really frustrating ones where we looked like we could have gone two, three, four up and then sat back and it was in that in that run. So it would be really important to see this style against Burnley put onto them. And I think for, for, for us anyway, for us five sitting here, it will be about seeing that same sort of performance again and not changing back to something uh, something different, something slightly more negative. Um, Danny, you hope for the same? Yeah, I am. And it's kind of amazing, really, that the season could genuinely be looking quite promising in in like two weeks when we were had a, such an awful run since December. But... Yeah, like beat Fulham and Palace, who were both struggling in, in, but in kind of different ways and in different type of form. Um, and incredible draw in the Europa League, then. Yeah, and it, it looks. I, I think by the time the podcast is out, like I suppose Europa League time might have been switched. Um, so that'll, I think that'll be great news because that'll mean home leg first, which means mm-hmm. no travelling before Arsenal, a chance to make you know maybe get a decent lead um sort of under their belts without you know having to go overseas which Arsenal will have to do in Greece so uh, you know strong footing going into the North London derby as well so obviously these are all massive ifs and buts and it'd be you know we can't get ahead of ourselves but yeah I, I genuinely think you know this season we've always said there's just so many games in quick succession that you can you know suddenly be in a completely different place in two weeks and Spurs could genuinely be you know, be on, on the receiving end of that in a positive way. But yeah, say, I, I agree say, it it. <laughs> say it quietly. Say it quietly. It's weird, isn't it? Because we're like six points off the top four with a game in hand, but then we're also kind of nervously looking over our shoulders at Arsenal ahead of the derby. No, oh, yeah. leave, leave them in the mud. <laughs> what I'll say, what I will say to finish up, and I'm not going anywhere in particular with this, but United, Chelsea, Leicester, all drop in points this week. West Ham dropping points this weekend. There's got to be some eyes on the idea of Leicester having a bit of a naff run now. They've got another big injury in Harvey Barnes. Two. West Ham maybe falling away. Johnny Evans as well. Yeah, yeah. West Ham maybe falling away a little bit. And suddenly you're like, well, hang on a second. If this comes together, maybe there's reasons to be optimistic about a, a push up the table. I won't say where. But guys, thank you so much for <laughs> so much for listening. Um, such a pleasure to to share a, a win together and, and do a pod off the back of a thumping win like that and, and fingers crossed it continues and make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already leave us a review if you would wouldn't mind and have got 30 seconds free on your hands who doesn't in lockdown um and uh, yeah drop us a, a a five-star rating if you wouldn't mind as well that'd be very much appreciated we'll be back for you on friday we'll see you all then what a feeling what a night Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.